Okay, Donna, would you like to read the koan and the woman's comment? Uh, yes. Um, Bajo's staff. Venerable Bajo taught the assembly. If you have a staff, I will give you a staff. If you have no staff, I will take your staff away. Women's come. It helps you cross the river over a collapsed bridge and helps you return to your own village on a moonless night. If you call it a staff, you shoot straight to hell like an arrow. Everyone, everywhere, deep and shallow, all within your palm, propping up heaven, supporting the earth, the winds of truth flow everywhere. Um, I think uh, we should read the Heart Sutra. Anyone object? Let, let's read it because I think it relates Donna, would you agree? Uh, yes, actually. Okay. Okay. Avalokitesava Bodhisattva, when deeply practicing Brahmaparamita, clearly saw that on fire every case are empty and thus relief on suffering. Sariputta, form does not differ from emptiness. Emptiness does not differ from form. Form itself is emptiness. Emptiness is self-form. Sensations, perceptions, formations, and consciousness are also like this. Sariputra, on dhammas are marked by emptiness. They neither arise nor cease, are neither defined nor pure, neither increase nor decrease. Therefore, given emptiness, there is no form, no sensation, no perception, no formation, no consciousness. No eyes, no ears, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind. No sight, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no object of mind, no realm of sight, no realm of my consciousness. There is neither ignorance, nor extinction of ignorance, neither old age and death, nor extinction of old age and death, no suffering, no cause, no cessation, no path, no knowledge and no attainment. With nothing to attend, a bodhisattva relies on Prashnaparamita and thus the mind is without hindrance. Without hindrance, there is no fear. Far beyond all important views, one realizes Nibbana. All Buddhas of past, present, and future rely on Prashnaparamita and thereby attend unsurpassed, complete, perfect enlightenment. Therefore, Know the Prashapamita as the great miraculous mantra, the great bright mantra, the supreme mantra, the incomparable mantra, which removes all suffering and is true and not false. Therefore, we proclaim the Prashapamita mantra, the mantra that says, Gati, Gati, Paragati, Prasangati, Bodhisattva. Okay. So now what we do is we sit for five minutes and then we ride for five minutes. So what thoughts do you have?
Do, do you can, as, assume it, Oh, I'd love to hear it. But do you assume at this point um, in the in these days everyone had a staff? Anyone who was um, going somewhere. Yeah, I I assume that 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 was like a needed thing in the rough terrain. Okay, go on, Melody. Okay, so this is what I wrote. Yesterday, I saw several butterflies drinking from my neighbor's flowers. I never see butterflies at my garden, even though a sign clearly announces pollinator garden. We may say that we have this or that, but what we have is a dream. In our dream, we do not have what we think we have. We are the dreamer and all that is dreamed. Tonight, in deep practice, an amber moth plays at entering my kitchen window. I do not see this moth as a fuzzy butterfly pretender. I am it, striving to make sense of clear glass. Who else? I'm hearing um, dishes or something. Oh, that's my son having dinner. Oh, okay. <laughs> who, who? I'll mute myself. What do you think, Nancy? I don't know. It's kind of conceptualized. I don't get anything. <laughs> well, you get an A for honesty, or maybe a A for getting it. What do you think, Donna? Um, I think I am really out of practice after missing three weeks. Um, that you know, just hit the wall almost right from the beginning. Um, I'll be really curious to see what uh, Guogu has to say about it. Um, I really like what Melanie said. That was wonderful. Um, <laughs> I really do feel like I'm um, at the glass. So <laughs> let's see what, what Guogu has to say soon. Okay, and Cody? I mirror that same sentiment. Uh... I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of stuck myself. So, well, you know, there's this this idea in Buddhism of the small mind, big mind, and this is played with a lot in that. Like, if you have no staff, you know, in the Heart Sutra, is form is emptiness, emptiness is form. So, if you think it's empty and there is no staff then you don't deserve to have one. And that's the sense I get that he's going to take it away. Uh, you'll really learn that you have a staff when it's taken away. So you'd say, well, I have no staff. There's no essence to the staff. It's not permanent and so forth. So, but you, you'll really miss it when it's gone. So that's the sense I get of him being taken away. And then if you have a staff, I will give you a staff. So if you think you have a staff, then 
since there is no such thing as a staff, you need one. So that's why it's going to be given one. So that, that's what I got is this plane with this idea. And it was similar to last week. Themes, it's on the same theme. Master Shushan held up a bamboo stick and showed it to the assembly saying, if you call it a stick, you oppose it. If you don't call it a stick, you deny it. Tell me all of you, how would you call it? So that too is about form is emptiness, emptiness is form. It seems very similar. Okay, so now we will read Gugan's a comment and we'll read in alphabetical order. So Cody, you're first. You say Wumans? No, we've read uh, Wumans. So we're, we're starting okay. here. What a wonderful analogy. Okay, Guogu's comment. What a wonderful analogy of the Buddhist truth. Is there truth or not? Wuman is so kind, he tells you explicitly. If you say there is a staff, then you go straight to hell. What about if you say there isn't a st any staff? Well, <laughs> you, go, you go straight to hell as well. This staff is the truth of Buddha, Buddha Dharma. Bayo's staff has helped numerous practitioners. You should know that lambasting Buddha Dharma is a grave transgression. So tell me, is there truth or not? Not much is known about the Korean-born Chan master, Bajiao Wee Kwing, 880-950, except that his teacher was Nanta Guan Yong, 850-938, and that he had some 12 Dharma heirs listed in one Chan genealogical record. His grandmaster in Dharma was one of the co-founders of the Weiyang lineage of Chan. Thus, he comes from an exceptional line of great masters. This is the only case of the various Gongan collections in which Ba Jiao appears. But if you understand this one case, you'll understand the heart of Chan teaching. I think it's me. Before launching into the case, I should say that usually when someone has attachments or and props, including realizations and attainments, the Chan master takes them away. When someone doesn't know how to practice, the Chan master points out a way. In the language of this case, the realizations and attainments are like the staff. They must be taken away lest you think you got something. However, now Joe is saying just the opposite. Why would you need a staff if you already have one? Why take it away if you have none? Just examine the way you can't distinguish between needs and wants. Aren't your wants insatiable, unending? In those moments when you feel like you have nothing, don't you want to fill this deep void inside? Yet precisely when there is this void, you need to let it go. Imagine a Chan master who keeps giving you stuff to fill this void. That would be like sending you straight to hell. 
the place where there's never ending anguish. Do you understand? Likewise, when you think you already have everything, you stop trying. Many practitioners are like this. After only some initial glimpse of insight, they become self-satisfied. This is the beginning of their downfall. Sooner or later, they transgress and break people's heart and disappoint them. Therefore, it is necessary for you to continue practicing even when you feel you attend something. How? Know that this is not it. You still need a staff to continue walking. Isn't it true that you, like anyone else, want a happy life? But if you want to have happiness for yourself and others, you need to first remove suffering. This entails removing the causes of suffering. If you go through life with misconceptions of who you are, then you will inevitably hurt yourself and others. Examine the causes of suffering. Examine what is need what is need and what is want. Be reflective about how the culture has molded your needs and wants. If you watch enough commercials or if you read enough shopping center magazines, you may start to believe them and think, yes, I need more of this or that. Suffering comes from the sense of having and not having, gaining and losing. The Buddha talked about suffering, the cause of suffering the ending of suffering and the path. There are eight sufferings, two of which are meeting those you don't like and losing those you love. Isn't it true that while you have something, you fear losing it and that what you want to get, get rid of constantly bombards you? Isn't it true that there are things that you don't have and are happy that you don't have? Isn't it also true that there are things you don't want but have and you're glad to get rid of them. For some, Buddha Dharma is also something that people have or don't have, something that can be gained and lost. It helps you cross the river over a collapsed bridge and helps you return to your own village on a moonless night. If you call it a step, you shoot straight to hell like an arrow. You know, we have a koan that says, not knowing is most intimate. And this um, makes me think of that. That saying it's one or the other. So there's also a saying we say, um, uh, not one, not two. So it's neither a staff nor not a staff. Buddha Dharma helps you distinguish between needs and wants. It helps you cross the river of suffering and walk through the dark forest in the middle of the night. For most people, their bridge of life is dilapidated <laughs> and their path in life is pitch dark. No moonlight to guide them. The Buddha Dharma is like a staff that helps them walk. And it's like the moonlight that shines on the path. However, if you get too attached to Buddha Dharma, then there is really something outside you called Buddha Dharma, then you're mistaken. Oh, that there is really something outside you called Buddha Dharma, then you're mistaken. Buddha Dharma is nothing but what you need in the moment. 
It is up to you to turn situations and life into Buddha Dharma. Vaimala Kirti has said that for those with the conceit of superiority, falsely claiming attainment, the Buddha just says that detachment from craving, aversion, and ignorance is nirvana. For those with no conceit of superiority, the, the Buddha says that the true nature of craving, aversion, and ignorance is identical to nirvana. There is no fixed teaching anywhere. How can you cross a collapsed bridge? There's no such thing. How can you walk when there's absolutely no light? A moonless night sounds poetic, but basically in pre-modern times, this meant pitch dark. How in hell are you going to return to the village? Chan practitioners used to sojourn in the mountains from one monastery to another. They relied on the moon to see what was out there. Imagine hiking in the wild on a moonless night. Yet the text says, yes, it is there. It accompanies you as you get home in a moonless night. This is like saying going home in pitch darkness without a moon, without stars, without a flashlight. Yet you get home safely. In modern language, this is like driving your car home without an engine or riding your bike to school without wheels. These are examples of the impossible. Buddhist scriptures use comparable similes like flower in the sky or a rabbit's horn. There's no such thing as Buddha Dharma, but that is not to deny its usefulness. Yet, if you hold on to Buddha Dharma and reify it as a thing, then there naturally will be consequences to your delusion and grasping. You create your own hells. The cause of suffering is resting, but along with craving, simultaneously, there's always rejecting, love and hate, craving and aversion, grasping and rejecting. They are inseparable and constant from the fundamental ignorance of not knowing who you are. If you know who you are, you will be able to rule the staff of life freely in demonstrating the truth. This is the meaning of woman's purpose. Everyone, everywhere, deep and shallow, all within your plan, propping up heaven and supporting the earth. The winds of truth flow everywhere. So it's this, all within your palm. Right, Cody? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> This verse means that you are free in your connections with all things around, all of those things around you. How can you not be? Everyone and everywhere is life. Life sustains life. Heaven sustains heaven. Earth supports earth. You contain everyone and everyone contains you. There is no self to be found anywhere. Yet as soon as attachment is there, there's grief and sorrow, gaining and losing, living and dying. Do you take the time to appreciate the people you are close to, those you love? Do you wait until they're gone and then miss them? Do you know when you're going to lose someone you love? Many people don't die of old age or sickness. For many, death comes suddenly. The extent of sorrow you may feel inside when losing someone reveals the extent of your self-attachment. Those without self-grasping truly love. 
this reality is subtle, deep. Uh, me. Appreciate life as life, mountains and rivers as mountains and rivers and people as people. Just don't inject a self where there is none. Your life with its vicissitudes is Buddha Dharma. <coughs> you need only to accord with situations and adapt to the needs of others appropriately. Don't project your own ideals onto them. Otherwise, there will be more pain. I knew a boy who was very much loved by his parents. Then he grew up. There are many causes and conditions that lead a teenager to turn out a certain way and one brother to turn out to be just the opposite of the other. The boy's older brother was a straight A student, which puts some pressure on the younger boy. The parents are Asian, which in itself meant extra pressure on their children. The boy's parents would often say, friends, why do you need them? You can make friends when you're <laughs> successful in life. Later in high school, the boy not only took drugs, but became a drug dealer. I met him when he attended the youth camp we ran when I was in the monastery. He was 17 or 18. His father had been completely devastated and still doesn't know what to do. All he knew was to scold him. Stop doing that. You should do this. You shouldn't do that. Look at your brother. In fact, that's partly what drove the younger boy to be the way he is. Yesterday, yeah. I, yesterday I heard a... Um, we had a birthday party and um, someone was talking about they had a um, three sons and one of them was adopted and, and the two were enormously successful. One ran airports in Japan. One was a doctor and very famous. And the third was who was the adopted one was was um, absolutely a loser, a drunk, uh, you know, it would be in fights every two weeks. It was really interesting, and I kept wondering, you know, what happened there? No conclusions. <clears throat> really talking about this, I just attended um, kind of a workshop. They're talking about um, those type of students. They said <clears throat> the reason those students chose to do that because they need attention. Because like, like in the case you just read, his, um, the brother is so great. So he can never reach to the point of his brother. So now if he wants attention, he needs to be completely opposite. So he ex excels kind of in being bad because he can't excel in being good. Okay. Who's reading? You avoid difficult family relationships by learning to put down your own ideals and expectations. These are the props of self-attachment. I often say it's all good, but it's all good only if there's no self. If you are enslaved by concepts, ideals, expectations, the self, then nothing for you will be good. You need to see their causes and conditions, their formation and also their freedom. Otherwise, not only will you suffer, but you will also cause even those you love dearly to suffer. So if you have a slap, I will give you a slap. 
if you think you have gained something, you need to be taught. Don't think there's no need to practice. Keep going. If you have no stuff, no realization, I will take your stuff away. This is like a person who has said this paraging thought and says, I have no this, I have no that. Take it away. Thinking you have but don't have is precisely that obstructs me. Please know that the winds of truth flow everywhere. When you're when you are already holding an ice cream cone in your hand, please don't say, where's my ice cream? Should I take it out of your hand and squish it in your mouth? Will that do? Do you understand? Will you enjoy your ice cream? So I certainly missed out on thinking that the staff was a staff and not the Buddha Dharma. What happened to Donna? I went to get another book. Oh, is it going to help us? I don't know. I'll find out. Okay. Well, it's like your true nature. You know, if you think you have your true nature, you don't really have it because it's not there for you to have. You are it. Well, it looks like this book might offer a little bit. Um, this is Thomas Clary's No Barrier, Unlocking the Zen Koan, which is his translation and commentary on the Mumunkan. Um, he says, this koan has many levels of meaning. One level of interpretation represents different aspects of the total Zen teaching. Part of the teaching deals with cause and effect relationships in the relative world. This is represented by the statement, if you have a staff, I will give you a staff. Another part of the teaching deals with the vanity of conceptions about absolute reality itself. This aspect of the teaching is ordinarily phrased in a negative way, precisely because no concept of the absolute truth is objectively accurate. People are prone to misconstrue this apparent negativity and exaggerate it into nothingness. So the teacher abolishes the notion of nothingness and emptiness. This is represented by the statement, if you have no staff, I will take your staff away. As the great Buddhist master Nagarjuna wrote, without relying on common usage, ultimate truth cannot be expressed. Without going to ultimate truth, nirvana cannot be attained. So you're We're back to, to the Heart Sutra, aren't we? Yes, yes, we are. Exactly. I was going to say you were on the right track. Uh, it also reminds me a little bit, I've been um, reading uh, Shahaka Okamura's Realizing Genjo Koan, and uh, early on, 
uh, Dogen is saying, um, um, form is form and emptiness is emptiness, you know, which is seemingly on the face of it different from form is emptiness, emptiness is form. Um, Dogen sees that uh, emptiness includes form um, and sees it as within a part, even our delusions are a part of absolute reality. So, um, you know, a nice, a nice big package <laughs> to wrap it all up. So I'm going to send you all a wonderful talk by Brazer on the Genjo Koan that I'm three quarters way through. And uh, he just has a new book on it.